Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Adios, old friend. Yeah, I've got no secrets and no regrets. Well, a lot of regrets, but the point is I've got nothing to hide. Kind of like the way Progressive shows you their competitors' rates. You gotta put it all out there, baby. Excuse me, miss. Does this heart belong to you? Would you like it anyway? Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparisons not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Ah, the copperhead snake. It hisses before attacking. But that's not a copperhead. That's the Sullivan's RV freshwater tank overflowing into their black one, which is backing into their vent pipe, making for a very different kind of attack. One that arrives just in time for taco night. It's wild out there. When it gets too wild, Progressive has your RV covered. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Second triple-double for you for this one. You came in a win. How much different does it feel for yep. you coming to win? This one's a lot better. You know, I actually like this one. And uh, just keep building on it, like you said. Welcome, everybody, to the Lakers Legacy Podcast, where the Lakers decided to forego bringing some turkey to the office Thanksgiving potluck, opting instead to serve up some chopped-up McNuggets lathered in gravy and grits, all primed for absolute devouring. And by McNuggets, I'm talking about Denver Nuggets Chicken McNuggets, and man, were they sliced up and devoured. Does that sound appetizing to you <laughs> at all, Alan? Uh, in a basketball sense, yes, on... This upcoming Thursday, I would leave my aunt and uncle's house immediately. That's what was being served. 
Exactly. But it sure was appetizing for Lonzo Ball, Julius Randle, and the Lakers as last night they absolutely manhandled the Nuggets after some pretty disappointing losses to the Sixers and Suns earlier in the week. Um, I wasn't able to dissect last night's game as closely as I wanted to because I was out late last night watching Kevin Hart absolutely tear down the Pasadena Civic Auditorium. So have you seen Kevin Hart stand up at all? Either live or uh, on Netflix ne- or something? Never live. I would love to watch him live. But yeah, I've like replayed some of his best on Netflix many, 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 many times. Y'all gonna learn today! <laughs> <laughs> oh god, there are so many others. But uh, I mean, I guess we technically can say it here, but may- maybe I shouldn't. What- what's, your fa- what's your favorite like bit of Kevin Hart? My favorite bit I can't reveal because it happened last night and he like bust out a bunch of new material. Like everything was 100% brand new and they had such a strict cell phone policy because of it that Mm. they kicked out like probably like 30, 40 people just because they had their cell phone out. Even if they weren't taking pictures or anything, they warned you in advance before entering the venue. If we even see your cell phone in your hand, once you're seated inside, we're kicking you out. No questions asked. That's crazy. They should have just told people in the beginning, like, leave your phones in your cars. We're going to check at the door and we're going to confiscate it if it's even in your pocket. Oh, they did. But people still, you know, had their phones. Yeah, they figure out ways. Especially the millennials who are kind of like shaking like, oh, my phone, I need it. <laughs> but man, let me tell you, like I've never seen him live. Obviously, when you're watching him on like Netflix or the TV, you already see how energetic and animated he was. But seeing him live, it's even more so apparent. He had me during one section, which is my favorite bit. I can't reveal it, but he literally had me <laughs> laughing in tears to the point where my contacts got all blurry. And so I had to watch. Oh, I thought you were going to say my contacts fell out of my eyes. I was like, oh my God. No, no. I mean, but I was pretty much in tears. And because of that, I had to watch like a good 10 minutes of Kevin Hart through like blurred vision. But it was, it was worth it, man. He was super energetic, super animated. And he really knows how to milk a phrase and joke for all it's worth, right? So, I mean, y- y'all gonna learn today is just prime example of many, but. All that to say, I'm going to be relying on Allen primarily tonight to give the Nuggets blowout breakdown. Obviously, Lonzo Ball, triple-double after some very, very subpar ugly games and a lot of bus talk once again resurfacing, even after last Saturday's triple-double. Uh, good, he responded that way. Um, Julius Randle obviously probably had his best game um, of the season, really, statistically and also eye test-wise. And we'll get into more of that as well as some Lakers news and an overarching recap of our players in the last three games in just a second. But as usual... Please follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please also rate and review us on iTunes because the more you rate and review us, that's how many instances Stephen A. Smith will have to dumbfoundedly stutter on first take after Alonzo Ball Gem, having to explain himself and his incessant ball is a bust narratives. Speaking of Stephen A. Smith and ratings and reviews, we got Stephen A. Smith on tonight after another Alonzo triple double. Probably going to trip on his words, but he's also going to read tonight's review. So, Stephen A. Smith, whenever you're ready, take it away. Well, first of all, let me be very, very clear. Stephen A. Smith don't stutter. That is blasphemous. But I'm going to do all y'all a favor. I'm going to read this. I'm going to be civil. I ain't got nothing to say about all that mess you've been talking about. I love me some Lonzo Ball. Now, when I say that I think he might be a bust, 
Let me be very, very clear. I know people, okay? And from what people telling me, they don't know about that ball boy. So we just gonna have to see. Anyway, I digress. Makes me feel cool by the awesome tear. I love listening to a group of friends talk about the team and stay positive and hopeful. The biggest plus is they're all such nerds and makes me feel cooler. <laughs> it's like a backhanded compliment, Stephen A. Smith. Get out of here. <laughs> you know that's what I do best, boys. Peace and love, y'all. All right, Stephen A. Smith, thank you for that. Thank you, Awesome Mateer, even though I guess we're so nerdy and dorky that you feel cooler. So whatever whatever gets you to listen to the show, really. So there That's we go. That's what we're here for. You know, we just want to make people feel good. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, please rate interview us on iTunes because the more Stephen A. Smith having to eat some Lonzo Ball Crow you will get on first take. Also... If you are so obliged, please check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash the Lakers Legacy Podcast. Donate a dollar, donate two, donate a one time, or donate for a full month as a sponsor. Instead of watching a crappy ass movie for 12 bucks, that's like a whole year of supporting the Lakers Legacy, and that's much more meaningful, I think. Right, Alan? Oh, yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> exactly. So please do that. Patreon.com slash the Lakers Legacy Podcast. You can also learn a little bit more about who we're all about, uh, what we do as individuals, what we what we're trying to do with this podcast as well. So before we get on to some quick Lakers news and then the Nuggets recap and the Lakers last few games, we are gonna turn it over now to our sponsors for just a second. Once again, you're listening to the Lakers Legacy Podcast on the Almighty Baller Network. We will catch you on the turn. This is Mike from the Almighty Baller Network. It's nice to have a helping hand, especially when it's tax season, and that hand is attached to a licensed tax professional. With TurboTax Live, you can talk to real CPAs and EAs on demand who can review your return with you before you file and to make sure you get your maximum refund. They can even check your work line by line so you can be confident it's done right. Who knew confidence and peace of mind could be synonymous with taxes? TurboTax Live with CPAs and EAs on demand. See details at TurboTax.com. Let TurboTax Live be your helping hand. Visit TurboTax.com today. All right, we are back. So before we get into the Nuggets recap and the last three games, the Sixers game, the Suns game, we're just going to run through some quick Lakers news that is relevant to the team. So we have some good news injury-wise. It looks like Larry Nance is Wolverine because he's working out again and he might be back pretty soon, which is, I think, ahead of schedule, right? So that's that's great that Larry Nance is back. He, he's only going to do, he's only going to boost our defense even more and our hustle and activity. So that should be great. It'll be interesting to see how Luke's going to divvy up the minutes again with Randall and Kuzma. Yeah, but it's good to have Nance working out. Um, so today on the radio on Mason and Ireland, Palinka went on the airwaves as well as Lonzo Ball. Alan, I'm not sure if you got to listen to any of that. And if you did, did you have anything that stood out to you? I did, yeah. If anything, uh, what really stood out, and you'll definitely echo this, was uh, what Palinka was talking about. Um, yeah, dude, With I immediately thought of you. Um, he was talking about how he and Magic are planning a bunch of, quote, 
genius talks where they bring in various industry leaders and you know they alluded to this back when they were first hired but now we're seeing it come into fruition so basically a genius talk is just hiring leaders of various industries whether it's entertainment business etc and essentially having them come in talk to the team inspire them um and that sort of thing so i mean you could jump into this because this is like your guy um they actually had jeffrey katzenberg uh come in and speak to the team last week so i mean yeah i took some notes uh, as to what palinka said but you probably have the whole thing memorized understandably I actually don't, but I did see the Jeffrey Katzenberg oh, okay. picture with the rest of the team. And it's funny, you know, I work at DreamWorks Animation and about a year ago, Jeffrey Katzenberg sold us off <laughs> to Universal, but he's been the president and CEO of uh, DreamWorks for since it, it, its inception, pretty much. He started the company. Um, he's been a big part of the culture and what makes DreamWorks what it is today and why Universal wanted to buy us. So he's also been a huge Lakers fan this whole time. He's always been courtside um, at Lakers games. So it was cool to see them reach out to him. My friend my, and former coworker tagged me in the picture and was like, what is this all about? How come we didn't get any tickets? To which I commented, yeah. these hoes ain't loyal, Jeffrey. <laughs> <laughs> these hoes ain't loyal. <laughs> yeah, so actually, yeah, what uh, Palenka was saying was um, Jeffrey Katzenberg told the team when he created the Indiana Jones franchise, the mantra in his head was exceed expectations and he wanted to sit in the back of movie theaters and just witness fans jumping out of their seats out of sheer mm -hmm. amazement. And Jeffrey Katzenberg was saying it's important to take whatever people expect you to do look at all expectations and then raise the bar to a completely new level from there so that was like the main message he had to the team and palinka was saying he noticed like kuzma and lonzo in particular they were like sitting on the edge of their seats eyes were just completely lit up and um were extremely engaged while listening to him because i don't know about you and like we're obviously never there so we don't want to make any assumptions but sometimes when i and it could just be um, the fact that it's a picture, you look at pictures of guys sitting in these like, you know, theater style rooms or whatever, listening to guest speakers. And sometimes like just based on body language, some dudes will look pretty disengaged and disinterested and whatever, just cause they're slouching. They have like a hoodie on dudes are sitting in the back of the room and it's like super dark and stuff. Yeah. Um, so I don't know like if that's actually true, but the fact that Palinka called out a couple of our players and said like they were super, super into it and they seemed inspired and motivated to hear from someone speaking through a different lens um, was very encouraging for me to hear. And I, it does definitely speak to Palinka and Magic, um, what they value and just what their vision is for taking this team to that next new level. So, yeah, they said they have a bunch of other speakers lined up um for the next few months which i think is awesome no yeah that is fostering a really great and solid culture being able to take excellence from all these different areas and different industries i mean it's pretty much what kobe bryant does to better himself as a well-rounded entrepreneur entertainer etc right learning from all these different he is our north star he is our north star exactly and so it looks <laughs> like it seems like palinka and magic are trying to implement that for our own players. And I have no doubt, like, it doesn't surprise me at all that Kyle Kuzma would be wide-eyed and excited about that stuff because, you know, I interviewed Kyle Goon over the summer and he just told me what a sponge Kyle Kuzma is and how he really 
understands and is such a geek about the game of basketball and he really nerds out about that stuff but also so it wouldn't it doesn't surprise me at all that he'd also nerd out about industry veteran like Jeffrey Katzenberg talking about his rise his journey and some of the mantras he's lived by those are easily translatable to basketball the other thing I wanted to talk about from Palenka's presser today more related to actual basketball was he mentioned something Tommy and I in the last few podcasts cast episodes have been harping about in terms of the Lakers like to play this pace and pace and space style and they like to shoot threes but this team does not have very many shooters I mean that's just plain and simple we have quote-unquote shooters who on paper you'd think could shoot but in reality whatever the reason maybe they haven't gotten hit their stride yet shooting wise but they we do not have a team of shooters um, especially if you compare it to last year's team of Lou Williams, Nick Young, D'Angelo Russell, right? So with regards to that, and given the fact that the Lakers are still dead last in the NBA in three-point percentage at 29%, and the next the next lowest team is at 33%, where we have a 4% gap between last and 29th, it was very refreshing to hear Rob Palenka say, we want more shooters. And that's a plural, right? Oh, yeah. not, not just one shooter. We want shooters. And he even talked about how they have their eye out for some and that they expect the trade deadline to present some more opportunities into that arena. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, what did that. he say? Like December December 15th or something? You're going to see uh, some action. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's very encouraging to hear. You know, like the, it's on the front office to build out this team. I mean, the, the guys are getting good looks. You know, Luke is drawing up enough Amazing schemes. looks, dude. I don't know how many freaking... I mean, it's Brooke Lopez, and he's a center, and I'm sure we're going to get into it, but it's like, if you could just knock down, <laughs> like, one or two, even just one in a in timely fashion, it could turn around so many games. I don't know if it would produce a win, but you just feel that momentum swinging toward our side, and uh, when the guy throws up a bunch of bricks... And like Brooke Lopez is so streaky, you know. Um, yeah, they it, all it are. can be pretty. Yeah, that's true. I guess he. I mean, I need to look up the numbers, but it's like how many threes does he attempt per game compared to everyone else on this squad? Because I swear he's like gotta be around four to six somewhere in that range. And how many times does he go over? It's it. It can be painful. Oh, he he is definitely chucking it up for all it's worth. I mean, he averages <laughs> he, he averages four attempts shooting thirty four percent. You know, so yeah. um, and then you just go down the line, right? KCP has not hit his stride at all. He is not a great three point shooter. I mean, we want him to be the perfect three and D candidate, but in reality, that just hasn't been the case yet. He's shooting thirty one percent. That's not going to get it done. <laughs> no, it's not going to get it done. From the obvious, Lonzo Ball is still shooting putridly from three, regardless of whether he's open or not. And Brandon Ingram is very hesitant to hit threes. Last night was the first night in a couple games where he actually took a three and hit it. So right on down the line, the Lakers have struggles in the shooting department. Our best shooter, Jordan Clarkson, is still mainly known as a streak microwave type shooter, you know? So um, any help that they can get to get a pure shooter, even if it's to sign a guy, a free agent guy like Anthony Morrow would, I think, do wonders. And Tommy brought it up. The fact that Lonzo Ball is averaging seven assists without shooters is already pretty right. amazing. Oh, and sure. so let's just open up the offense a little bit more and let's actually play the the way we're supposed to play because it's so 
what's it called? It kills the momentum whenever we have these shots available to us and we brick them and then the other team goes on a fast break or whatever, when these should be our money shots. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's a difference between being like a poor three-point shooting team and then an abysmal one. <laughs> and we are yeah. abysmal. <laughs> exactly. And it's not because we're not getting looks. So. No, not at all. That's like the silver lining. You know, it's like at least yeah. they're getting good looks and... I mean, you hope the shots start to fall, obviously. And, uh, I mean, nights like last night against Denver, clearly they were falling. And we've had nights where guys get super hot, but those, uh, not to sound dramatic, like pale in comparison to the nights where we just can't hit anything. Yeah. And, and beyond that, I'm glad that Palinka and Magic are not relying on, oh, maybe they'll just get better through as the season progresses and actually yeah, looking yeah. at the pers- the personnel and the team they built and they're like, Corey Brewer can't shoot, Tyler Ennis can't shoot, Josh Hart can't shoot because he's a rookie, you know, and these are like, let's yeah. get actual shooters. So we will see what happens by mid-December. Uh, the last topic I wanted to talk about, it got some headlines, you know, last week when the Lakers played the Suns again in that very, very ugly loss on Friday at home. When they lost 122 to 113, uh, they had that little scrum with Tyler Eulis and KCP. Devin Booker got his hands in there as usual. And everybody knows what play I'm talking about. You're talking about when Josh Jackson came rushing in, right? <laughs> That's what I think of. <laughs> like every everybody came rushing in and obviously some attention, a lot of attention was also put on Lonzo Ball walking away from that entire scrum as he let everyone else deal with it. Obviously, his explanation afterwards made made a lot of sense. He he said, you know, nobody in the NBA really is going to fight, so I'm not trying to get a, t- uh, you know, a fine or anything like that. But I guess I wanted to talk, and it's not a big deal at all as the way that some people have made it out to be, but I just wanted to get your opinions on Lonzo Ball kind of walking away nonchalantly. I think I'll just go out ahead and say, at the end of the day, it's not a big deal for me. But I think looking back on it, if Lonzo Ball could redo that situation, I just think you have to optically at least be there for your teammates. Even if you know at the the end of the day, I'm not going to get in the middle of this fight and try to start a ruckus. You at least have to be in there to show your teammates support. Because I have no doubt if that was LaMelo or LiAngelo, he'd be in there, right? That's his blood, you know? And the teammates, they're not going to look at it. They're not going to see that situation and say, oh, you were thinking smart about not getting fined. At the end of the day, they're just like, no, did you have my back in that situation? And it just looked... I mean, it obviously looked worse than what it was, especially after he explained himself. But I think if he could do that situation over again, I would have liked Lonzo Ball to at least optically look like he was there for his teammates and not disengaged. And it's good that nothing actually happened or occurred. It was kind of silly. But what if something had actually occurred and someone got hit or someone got hurt? In spite of the fact that rarely happens, it would have been nice to at least seen to see Lonzo Ball at least hold some people back or try and play mediator, especially if he's so self-aware that he knows I'm not going to try and get a fine here. Yep. If you're so self-aware, then you, you can probably be optically there for your teammates and not get out of hand. Right, right. I mean, when I saw the play live, I first thing I looked for was, okay, who's around KCP and Ulis and Lonzo was the closest walking toward the bench and you know he had his first look back and I I noticed and I'm like oh you better do an about face right now and at least get over there and woof it Ulis and say hey back off you know like use your words in close proximity you don't have to touch him or anything like that but just be there 
And then yep. he kept walking, and I was like, oh, no. What are you doing, man? <laughs> and then he actually, like, looked back a second time, and it was right as he was about to pass... It was right as he was about to pass Luke. And then he kind of stopped in his tracks at that point. Like, I wonder if Luke said something like, stop, stop. Like, don't mm. keep going to the bench, dude. Like, literally, there are nine guys over there. You're the odd man out. So, uh, I took note of it. I didn't have to replay it or anything at all. Um, I... I don't think it's a huge deal that being said and you know you have to take into account like i'm thinking in chino hills growing up he didn't get into a ton of scrums you know what i mean not saying that a bunch sure. of the guys on the lakers have like i'm pretty sure brooke lopez in north hollywood growing up or at stanford wasn't in many scrums but he himself said like look i'm seven feet tall if someone hits me it's probably not gonna hurt too badly so i'm gonna put myself in the way right there um so he kind of gets it you could argue oh well he's a vet and he understands but um, Lonzo's correct. Like guys probably aren't going to fight. It's not worth picking up a technical foul. Um, I don't know if he feels like there's necessarily like subconsciously, like there's a target on his back and he doesn't want to get in the middle of something and get shoved around. But, uh, if you put yourself in like KCP's shoes, for example, and if he caught a glimpse of Lonzo walking away while he's in the heat of the moment with this dude, he's probably thinking, Dude, seriously, you're not even gonna come over here? Yeah. Because if I were woofing at somebody on the other team and, you know, you and I are playing pickup together and I see you at the corner of my walking away, I'd be like, dude, Jonathan, like, have my back at least. Yep. That's just human instinct. So, um, yeah, like, I get the optics thing, but I, I also think just in terms of a gut reaction, uh, there should have been something. Now, if you want to assert like that, this says something about Lonzo's personality that he's he's too passive yeah. or he's selfish or whatever. I think that's taking it too far. Yeah. I think he and he's a straight shooter. Well, we wish her even straighter of a shooter, but um, <laughs> but you get it. <laughs> yeah. Um, verbally, he is a very straight shooter, and when he says like, "I'm not trying to get in any trouble here," like I'm sure he means that 100. Like I'm not gonna BS around. Um, but. At the very least, it's a learning moment. At least the rest of the team was there for um for KCP. Uh, I always think about that one time where Nick Young like got closed by clotheslined by Alex Len in yep, Phoenix Kendall a few Marshall. years ago. Yeah, dude, and the entire freaking team just left him while like the while Morris was there, like trying to bite his head off and all this stuff. And Nick Young was freaking pissed afterwards. You know, he's like, yeah. no one was there for me, and um. You know, thankfully that was not the case yesterday for our entire team. So, uh, yeah, as far as what my take on it is, um, hopefully he learned from it. I don't think it's that big of a deal at this point. People aren't really talking about it anymore anyway because he got a triple double. Um, so winning, of course, is going to cure everything. If this ever happens again in the future, which is inevitable, I would think he's at least going to walk over there. Doesn't have to lay hands on anybody. Don't even put a finger on anyone, but like yell something very normal like, hey, back off, get away, you know, just stuff exactly. like that. Yeah, I think it was just a momentary lapse in judgment there. And he's young. And there was a lot of things swirling around with his family, LeVar Balls on CNN. You know, like, it was kind of like a lose-lose situation for him. But he kind of emphasized how bad it was, like you said, by literally walking away, looking back, walking away again. You know, it, it just looked really bad. I think if he could do it over, I, I have no doubt that he would at least get in there. Especially in the ways that you've seen Brandon Ingram really stick up for his teammates. Every oh, yeah. time any any sort of thing goes down, Brandon Ingram is ready to play fisticuffs or something, you know? 
slams his like jersey down on the floor. He's ready to go. <laughs> we we don't need we don't need our guys to be that crazy, but it, it just shows you the intention of somebody who really has his guys back. Brandon Ingram is primed for that. So, like you said, I don't think it's a big deal. We just just hope that the next time it happens, he's actually there sticking up for his teammates so that I mean, when it comes to Lonzo Ball, he's the glue guy, right? And this is one of those instances that you can really show yourself being that glue chemistry guy. It's not just... All all you got to do is, like, grab KCP's arm, you know what I mean, and kind of pull him away from Eulis. You don't have to touch Eulis. Don't literally get in the middle of the two guys. So, yeah, the fact that he walked uh, about 20 yards away from it didn't didn't look good. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. I just imagine I just imagine Luke standing there being like, Lonzo, stop, 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 stop. <laughs> <laughs> Go back in there, buddy. Uh, okay, so we'll leave that right there and we'll get into, yeah, what you thought about the Denver Nuggets game last night. From my end, Kevin Hart was very funny. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 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 okay. <laughs> Y'all gonna learn today! (laughs) And the Nuggets did learn. And in spite of the fact that the Nuggets, you have some qualifiers there for them with, obviously, Mike Malone getting tossed, Jokic getting tossed, uh, Millsap going down with a wrist injury. They only played, both of them only played about 11 to 13 minutes. You have those qualifiers, but even up until that point, the Lakers were frustrating the heck out of the Nuggets, right? From pretty much from start to finish, wire to wire, the Lakers had a sizable lead on these guys. They were pretty dominant. And I, I was very impressed, especially given how they sucked against Phoenix. They didn't play any defense against Phoenix. And it was nice to see them round back into form, obviously led by Lonzo Ball and his team high plus 29. He gets another triple double against the Denver Nuggets, 11 points, 16 rebounds, which is the most impressive 11 assists. He only shot five for 13, but that's okay. He did hit a three pointer. Obviously Julius Randle was probably the player of the night yesterday. And Jordan Clarkson also rounded back into form after a really bad game against the Suns. So I think it was a night full of really great performances for the Lakers. Even Brooke Lopez rounded back into form. 21 points, hit three threes, nine for 14 from the field. Contavious Caldwell-Pope hit three for nine from three. Um, Brandon Ingram had a very solid game, 13 points, six assists, five rebounds, also hit a three, which like I said, he hasn't been hitting or even taking really in the last few games. And we'll get into, I guess, the specific players more in the last three game span. But what were your thoughts about the Denver Nuggets game in general last night? Yeah, I thought defensively they really came out and competed. Um, you could just see the energy. You could see the little extra pep in their step. And, you know, I'm thinking a lot of it had to do with the fact that they completely blew it against Phoenix. Um, you could see it right from the beginning. Like you said, even before Jokic and Mike Malone got tossed, I mean, that was actually when we were starting to expand our lead anyway. So had those guys stayed in, including Millsap, I'm, I'm thinking we still come out on top. I'm not sure if it would be a blowout, but defensively, we really picked it up because it was starting to look like, uh uh-oh, is this uh, sixth place in defensive efficiency rating, um, you know, too good to be true? Are we really going to slide back? And it it did for a couple games, and it was like, oh, crap. But uh, they turned it up yesterday. Denver is not a bad team at all. They're actually probably going to be the eighth seed, if anything. Um, Those guys can shoot, and yet we contested a lot of their shots. 
Um, Corey Brewer <laughs> is freaking ridiculous. I mean, that guy's jumping, passing lanes, and just skirting right in front of guys and hustling after every loose ball. And, you know, despite the fact that he can't shoot at all, um, what he brings to the table off the bench in terms of his energy and his craftiness, even on the offensive end, you know, every now and then he's going to slither into the lane and be, uh, you know, that, that slasher that we need. So, um, I give a lot of props to him. Uh, Lonzo defensively continues to impress just yeah. using his length, um, understanding like how to use, uh, his body just against guys like Gary Harris who are driving or even Moutier, who's a big beefy NBA bodied guy. He's blocking their shots and he, he has like very good timing as far as, um, blocking shots go. And we've seen him, um, block shots from behind, like on the weak side, just out of nowhere. So that's very impressive. Um, the fact that Randall played so many minutes, I think that's a huge headline. Um, again, of course, and we love Larry Nance. It'll be really interesting to see what happens to the rotation once he's back, but, uh, it's just one game, but I don't think it's a coincidence at all that Randall was, um, you know, extremely productive, but even with that being said, Randall was very productive the second he got in the game. He was really finding his spots. He was finishing inside. He's getting and ones. I saw him look almost more skilled and more in control than I've seen him in a very long time. So I was very, very pleased with his performance. And uh yeah, I mean, all around, very solid win. We had like seven guys or something scoring double figures. Um and in the second half, I was getting a little bit worried that, you know, we might blow our lead. And there were some times where Denver did cut it down to about 15 or so. But uh, we put our foot right back on the gas. So we did not do the the young team thing and be susceptible to uh, to letting up. So that was really good to see. And, um, you know, as far as Lonzo shooting like 5 for 13, there are a lot of little gimmies at the rim that he missed because you can just tell he's intimidated by the size down there it's almost like he gets to the cup and he realizes like oh damn like i better finish this thing and then he kind of chokes um i mean yeah. julius does that too he did it yesterday with his left hand where he it, the belt the ball like slipped out like a bar of soap um and Lonzo just kind of looks generally off balance as he gets there. And you see that from young players all the time. You know, the guy weighs 185, 190 pounds or something. So um, we'll probably continue to see him do things like that. And we're going to get frustrated. Like, dude, what are you doing? Just put it up. But it's a lot easier said than done. Um, Ingram obviously had some moments. He didn't shoot as well as he would have liked to. But he just, it's funny because like a year ago or like 10 months ago or whatever, anytime Ingram did anything good, you know, all of us were like lit, like jumping out of our damn seats, like chest bumping each other, acting like complete fools. And it would be like once every four to five games, you have those type of moments from him. And now it's like, okay, there's going to be four or five moments like that, hopefully per game, uh, where he really utilizes his strengths. And we're coming to expect it now, which is great. We just want to see a little more consistency from him. So yeah, those are my, my general thoughts. Yeah. So the Lakers, even after last night's game, they gave up 109 to the Nuggets, and obviously against Phoenix, they gave it 122. Even with all that said and some slippage in defense, they are still fourth in defensive efficiency. So hey, there you go, right? So it's it's good that they can that their offense is slowly coming along as well. That should help their defense just by default. Julius Randle, like you said, had energy from the from the get-go, was very efficient from the get-go. He was passing the ball really niftily to guys like a cutting Kyle Kuzma. He had five assists last night, 
24.7 rebounds, 5 assists, 11 for 18 shooting. Very efficient, very engaged, and he got some minutes with Brooke Lopez. I think that's something we've been looking for, and he's starting to get that. And when those two are together on the court, the, the Lakers do very well, and maybe we'll see more of that even when Larry Nance comes back. We'll see. Um, so let's let's start talking about the players in general um, with regards to the last three games. Let's let's start with Lonzo Ball. So obviously he had a very impressive triple-double last night, 11 points, 11 assists, 16 rebounds. Like you said, the most impressive part about Lonzo Ball, regardless of his offensive output, has been his rebounding ability and his active hands on defense, whether it's getting steals, blocking shots, being the help block guy. He's been very, very active. There's been no complaints on that end. I will. I, I, I know there was this article that came out today kind of semi-bashing Lonzo Ball's triple-double with regards to his assists. I think that's a little ridiculous to even have articles like that because so many guys have empty hollow assist games, you know what I mean? Like, why single just Lonzo Ball out for this? Yeah, it's like, an assistant is an assist. <laughs> if I pass it to a guy at half court and he makes the shot, guess what? It's still an assist. And and I guess my point is, I would actually agree that there were a couple assists probably three or four actually, where Lonzo Ball would pass it to a guy at the three-point line and he would literally dribble it into the paint and then score and that would be counted Mm -hmm. as an assist. So even if I agree with that, I just don't understand why there'd be an article about that. Well, apparently, I don't know if you heard this today, but Brian Windhorst was on the radio and he said the league actually might look at a couple of them and take them back and then it may not actually be a triple-double at all. So we'll we'll have to keep our ears open for that. Even still, though, like, I'm sure that article was not singling out literally those two instances as to, like, cheap assists. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, not to take anything away from Lonzo Ball, he played great. Uh, I'm glad that he actually hit five shots, you know? So, um, I, I think my one thing about Lonzo Ball and the last episode, Tommy talked about Lonzo and how he's not really concerned and... I guess I'll be frank and just say with regards to at least his shooting and his ability to create for himself or actually his inability, I am a little concerned. Obviously, the supplementary stats, the assists, rebounds, steals, blocks are amazing. And his contribution on the court defensively, he's a net positive. He's farther along than we thought. Um, he is a He's shown to be a pretty competent and adept pick and roll player passing the ball. But yeah. But I will say, and I don't, especially because I feel like sometimes we homerize, <laughs> homerize our view of Lonzo by saying, oh, well, I'm not that worried. Well, I'm, I'm actually kind of worried about his offensive output. I know, uh, Tommy last episode brought up the comparison of LeBron James and how everybody kind of got on LeBron James early on about not being a good offensive player. But at the end of the day, LeBron James as a rookie still averaged 19 points by pure virtue of his size and his ability to get to the rim, right? So for me, Lonzo Ball just concerns me creating his own shot because if I asked you right now, when it comes to creating his own shot offensively, what is the one thing he does well? Can you answer yeah, that? Yeah, like what's his go-to? It's it's to shoot a three-pointer, not even to make a three-pointer. A step back. It's to shoot a step-back three-pointer, right? Or be or like be in transition and just blow by guys, which right. is great. But if it's the half-court setting, um, that's not going to happen. But even in transition, we've seen him blow layups, right? Like the the yep. Phoenix Suns game in particular. I where loved it was how like he a... like stiff-armed Jamal Murray last night. That was that oh, was yeah. awesome. That was I mean, perfect. he's showing improvement here and there, so and learn. it's it's, yeah, yeah. it's definitely going to come. But there is not one thing you can say. 
oh, this is Alonzo go-to move when he's in trouble. The closest yeah. thing to that is sometimes he'll like get some extra torque by twirling his left hand and getting it up there with his left hand. Yeah, he'll go up and under. He'll use the backboard to protect his shot and then shoot like a left-hand reverse layup, basically. But that depends on can he is the defense going to be broken down kind of mm-hmm. thing. Exactly. So there's it's it's always an adventure and you're never sure consistently what you can count on, right? Especially if you give him the ball and ask him, go make a shot. It's not a yep. given that he's actually going to get a good shot. And even if he gets a good shot, he's not in a place shooting wise to even hit his open shots, you know? So I think that's where I come in and say, I am a little worried. I don't know if it's going to be resolved that quickly within this season. A lot of it... I think a lot of it can be solved by the fact that he just starts hitting open shots. But I know a lot of people will look at his UCLA career and say his numbers and percentages were amazing. But I think that was kind of an anomaly and an outlier because with regards to his percentage in the paint, a lot of his shots in the paint were assisted. It was him cutting off the ball, getting lobs him being smart at doing all those things, but rarely was it ever him off the dribble isolating, right? And then going in there, breaking his man off, crossing him over. You could probably count on both your hands the times he did that in college. And you can probably count with one hand the times he did it in the NBA. So I think from that end, I think it's going to be a slow kind of steep curve that he's going to have to learn here. And I think a large part of it comes from when he drives, he's going to have to learn to not be afraid of body contact and not psych himself out and utilize his athleticism properly and learn how to finish with his right hand. So, And then on top of it, just become a little more consistent with that shot. I don't know if I could like project right now like what's the best percentage I think Lonzo Ball would ever shoot as a three-point shooter. Man, I don't you mean know. like this year? Not this year. I think just like career-wise oh. in general. I, I Maybe 35% would be really good, I think. I, I, I think I say that too just because the shot mechanics, right? And I'm going to out myself a little bit here because and say that I kind of shoot like Lonzo Ball because I started playing basketball right. really late in my career. And I kind of know what he does. It's because if you don't have enough strength to shoot above your head with your wrist, you get some extra torque by kind of like twisting the ball to the side, right? You get that extra torque and then it, you're able to actually launch it into the air. The release and follow through are fine. And I can say that for myself as well. Like the ball still rotates really well, comes off my fingertips, but because I'm torquing it to the side a little bit. It's like a gather. A yeah. And the the left hand kind of affects it no matter what, you know, because you're, you're twisting it with your left hand as well. And Lonzo Ball does that too. Once he gets to his release point, it's fine. But because of that extra movement with the left hand, it just leaves for too much, uh, what's it called? Room for error. Room for error, exactly. And so you see that even like when he's wide, wide open. Right? Because there's like so many moving parts. Yeah, so I think that's why, and, and the, the Lakers have rightfully said we're not going to mess with his shot, especially this season. But I don't know how effective that will be. The Literally the only other comp we can think about with someone that weird of a shot who shot pretty well is Kevin Martin, right? Right, the other, right. the other guy, Sean Marion, was like an average three point shooter. So, um, but with all that said, I, I, I just want to say that I am concerned about that part of his game. With that being said, I'm glad that he can still be useful and effective. And like Luke Walton said, if Lonzo Ball can just not let his shot affect the other parts of his game, then he's usually a net positive, right? But I just hope 
that as the season progresses, he starts hitting some open shots and he starts taking it to the basket aggressively, learning how to use his body like like you said he did last night, you know, stiff arming people and being more crafty with it. But right now, I, I will say, I'm frankly concerned about his inability to score. So I don't know if you have any thoughts there. Um, I think I'm concerned in the short term. Uh, between now and the All-Star break, it's kind of nonstop, you know? I mean, besides, like, having four days off for Thanksgiving, and I'm sure around Christmas time there's a little bit of time off as well, but the schedule doesn't let up, and there just isn't time to make significant tweaks to your game. Um, So I know in, like, our kind of prep for the season episode, we talked about when guys are going to turn it on and things like that, and uh, at that time, at least, I said... All-Star break is probably when Lonzo will, uh, you know, something's going to click. Just using Brandon Ingram as an example, I still have faith that that is going to happen for Zoe. If you remember a year ago, Brandon Ingram was, like, pretty abysmal offensively. Now, the tool that he has is obviously his length. And, um, you know, there there's definitely more craftiness and there are some tools there. But as far as... Brandon last year every time he shot the ball we were like oh boy here we go it's an adventure like it's pretty much always going to be a miss from him um and then suddenly the all-star break hits and it's like who is this guy he's completely different and more than anything I think it was just a shift in mentality and essentially hitting an imaginary reset button so that's what I'm hoping for with Lonzo and if it were to happen this year I don't think I'd be entirely surprised now, if it doesn't go down like that, will that increase my level of concern for him? Not necessarily. I think uh, I'd still be patient, you know, and see how this offseason, um, you know, how that all goes for him. Because, again, we look at Brandon at this point, and there's a huge difference in his game year one to year two. So um, I don't think I'm as concerned as you are, um, although I totally see where you're coming from. And, like, game after game, it does kind of feel like, you know, you're face palming at times and the misses are like so ugly when he's shooting from behind the arc. And it's one thing if it's long, it's one thing if it's short, but the fact that his are hitting left and right and all that stuff. And if you, again, analyze the shot mechanics, like you talked a lot about his upper body, I'm always paying attention to his lower half. And sometimes when he, like he loves that left side, uh, free throw extended three pointer, right? That from the 45 angle and his feet are typically pointed perpendicular to the sideline. And it's like the basket is not perpendicular to the sideline when you're standing there. Like, why are your toes skewed so far to the left? Um, And then that affects the way he's landing and his balance and all that kind of stuff. So that's what I've been paying attention to. And, for example, when he had that catch-and-shoot three yesterday off of the Lopez, or rather the Bogut pick, he was more or less lined up. And um, it's obviously an isolated incident, but if we can see some more consistency there... If he's missing long and short, I see that as uh, a huge improvement. The other thing I'd like to see him do, like you said, is drive it in the paint more and then really try to get that contact. Like, how many times has this guy shot free throws this year? It's such a small number, and he's you know at about fifty percent from the line. Um, so I'm hoping he can at least get to the free throw line. I know it's not easy for him to break guys off the dribble from outside the three, but uh, there are times where he does get past his defender. And it's like, 
he doesn't know what to do. Like he becomes kind of indecisive and that alludes to his selflessness and just looking for other guys. But it's like, sometimes you just got to be the aggressor and be a little bit selfish because guess what? Like no one is ever going to say you are a selfish player. So every now and then, if you assert yourself in that way, it's fine. Like no one's going to blame you. If anything, you're going to be praised for it. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's just all the mentality of it. And, uh, again, I'm looking at mid February for the time where he starts to, uh, figure it out a little bit. Yeah, I agree. I think though, the one reason why I don't compare him to guys like Brandon Ingram, maybe this is unfair, but it kind of goes back to my analysis of his shot mechanics, right? Is because Brandon Ingram, actually, you could envision him having a pure jump shot just because he shoots it above his head. You know what I mean? So with Lonzo, I'm a little more worried about, I don't know if that shot is ever going to be consistent enough to be like a 40%, 38% high 30 shot. And you couple that with the fact that offensively right now, there is literally zero existence of a mid-range game. You know, sometimes he'll shot put it up with a weird floater. But outside of that, it's very clear he's not comfortable in that area whatsoever. So Right now, the only thing he's doing is shooting threes because, and it's not he's settling for threes. I mean, it is, but that's literally like I think a lot of people when D'Angelo Russell was here, they complained that D'Angelo Russell settled for threes a lot. But in my head, I think D'Angelo Russell settled settled for threes because he knew how hot he could get and he knew he could make them. Lonzo yeah, just Ball keep is shooting. Yeah, yeah, Lonzo Ball is settling for threes because that is all he can do sometimes. Even when I've seen him Lonzo Ball shoot threes with nobody in front of him instead of like driving it in, you know? And I'm like, "Why were you doing that?" And I think at this point at this stage of his career, it's because he does not really have a mid-range game. He doesn't have versatility to his offensive game. So I think that's why it worries me. And I mean, just to break, make the parallel to my own shot again. I mean, you've seen me play basketball. I can get hot from three-point land, right? Yeah. But yeah. it's not consistent. And so I can see why in in college or even in pickup ball, I can say for a fact, and Lonzo Ball's shot has better mechanics than I do, but I'm just making this parallel to make it. That shot of ours, I'm going to say my shot and Lonzo Ball's of sure. ours is good for pickup games and maybe even college games because we can get hot. At, at the next level at NBA, I, I don't know how consistent that shot is because my shot has never been consistent. And we're kind of seeing that from Lonzo Ball. But maybe college is more of a better maybe a better outline because it is at least 30 games throughout a year and he has shown that he can at least shoot 40 percent so maybe it'll just slowly come along and I still have hopes for that but I think a little bit of worry is starting to creep in there but I think he maybe he just needs like a full off season off because it's just his rookie year and he's figuring out so many different things all at once as well as how do I diversify my game right so yeah yeah, it's like, and, you know, thankfully he's doing so many other things extremely well. Right, right. It would suck if, like, his calling card was his scoring. Like, we drafted this guy to be a scorer, and then that's not even working. Like, that would be terrible. And like you said, he's only had a couple of games where his his poor offense has actually affected him, where he's only got two assists or two or three boards or something like that. But most of the time, in terms of those columns on the stat sheet, um, we got nothing to worry about. So, um, yeah, at the very least, his strengths are still pretty strong. 
Yep, and he is a net positive on the court, so that's a good thing. And once again, he got a triple double last game, and hopefully, he can take that momentum and start to hopefully roll, roll with it. <laughs> true, true. But even even it is, it doesn't matter. Six, yeah, no, nah, it doesn't matter. Eight assists, whatever. To quote him, "We got the win. I don't care. It's all good." <laughs> exactly. So we're gonna wrap up our show with. We're just going to talk about Brandon Ingram and Kyle Kuzma because they've been a dynamic wing duo the last few games. They've been amazing. But before we get to that, we're going to turn it over to our sponsors one last time, and we will catch you after the turn. Once again, this is the Lakers Legacy Podcast on the Almighty Baller Network. Hey, this is Brian from the Almighty Baller Podcast Network here to talk about keeps. So there's just no two ways to say it. Losing hair is awful. Nobody wants to go through it, and two out of three guys are going to experience hair loss by the time they're 35. This is the world we live in, people. Now, I personally haven't started this you know, downturn, but I got a couple of people close to my life that go through it, and they always say, should have started it sooner rather than later. So anyways, these FDA-approved products used to cost so much, but now, thanks to Keeps, they're finally inexpensive and easy to get. For five minutes, now and starting just $10 per month, you'll never have to worry about hair loss again. So they've ironed out the process. Basically, you just take a photo of your hair and you shoot it over and a licensed physician will review the information and recommend the right treatment to you and then, boom, shipped right to your door every three months. So Keeps is only $10 to $35 a month. Uh, plus, now you can get your first month free uh, to, to what? To keep your hair. So come on. What are we talking about here? To receive your first month of treatment for free, go to keeps.com slash almighty. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash almighty. That's a free month of treatment at keeps.com slash almighty. Keeps hair today, hair tomorrow. All right, we are back, and we're going to wrap our show up by talking about Brandon Ingram and Kyle Kuzma. So this goes back to the 76ers game, that epic game against freaking monster Godzilla, Joel Embiid, and Ben Simmons. And somehow the Lakers were still in that game. They only lost by six. They had a chance to win it. That was very impressive by the Lakers to even be in that game against such a behemoth of a guy like Joel Embiid. But you got to give most of that credit for them even sticking around to Brandon Ingram, Cal Kuzma. I mean... Brandon Ingram, after a pretty rocky road trip, I mean, he really fizzled out at the end mm, there. Rocky road, sorry. Rocky road. All I heard exactly. you say was rocky, rocky road. road. <laughs> <laughs> Yum. But not for Brandon Ingram. It wasn't yummy for him at all. But against the Sixers, man, 26 points, 11 rebounds, 3 assists, 11 for 18 from the field, 4 for 5 from free throws. There were a couple of drives where he took it right at, at Embiid, adjusted his body, and still got the ball in. So for me, Brandon Ingram was very aggressive that game. And then even the the night after that against Phoenix, he had a good game as well. 17 points, 8 rebounds, 4 assists, and like we mentioned against the Nuggets, thirteen point only 13 points, but he did have 6 assists. So we're finally getting to see Brandon Ingram become more confident, be more consistent, but also he's bringing back that playmaking game that made him so lethal, right? And more and more so, I'm just so impressed by how relentless he is at driving the ball you can tell what's on his mind every single game oh, yeah, right? and for he's sure. fearless he's absolutely fearless and his ability to adjust his body is becoming more and more impressive to me sometimes i'm just scared as all hell whenever he drives the ball but he's showing me that he's smart about it these days he's a he's also showing a tremendous amount of strength 
I mean, you can be fearless all you want, but if you're not strong enough to like handle the beating down there, yep. it's not going to mean anything. And Ingram is showing actual strength. Now, with that said, as good as he's been playing, I would like to say that I want him to vary it up a little bit more because right now I feel like he's playing like a running back and I don't want mm. him to sacrifice his body all the time. You know what I mean? Because yeah. he should be taking some three-pointers. He should be taking some mid-range jump shots. Even if he's not hitting them, I want him to do more of that because right now it's all drive, 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 25, 8. And I hope he diversifies it up a little more, even if that means getting a post-up turnaround J. Um, I like that he has that fearlessness, but I think varying it up will help. And I just don't want him to sacrifice his body night in, night out, wear it out, and uh, bang against those trees all day. But otherwise, been very impressed with Brandon Ingram this last stretch here. What about you? Yeah, totally agree. Uh, the fact that he's become, become so decisive and aggressive and understanding that he actually can get to the cup pretty much whenever he wants. Again, talk so much about last year how he looked, and we would be thrilled to see him do these sorts of things a couple times a week. Now we see it every single game. Um, I agree with you in terms of wanting to see him mix it up a little bit because we know he's capable for sure. If anything, uh, his mid-range jumper is... Very solid. I don't have the numbers in front of me in terms of what he shoots from, uh, you know, 15 to 18 feet or whatever. But at least the way I feel every time he gets that look, uh, I'm very confident in that jumper of his. As far as a three-point line, obviously that's a little bit more iffy. It'd be great if he could find himself spotted up in the corner for the short three. Um, I would also mm-hmm. like to see him post up more frequently just because we've seen him not just shoot fadeaways when he's posting up. You know, if he, if he's got his back to the basket, he could pivot, face up, and then drive it, and at least be in a slightly better position. We've seen him drop step, go baseline because he is quick. He's got that first long stride. So, um, yeah, as far as varying up the repertoire a little, it would be nice. Um, at the same time, you think about other offensively dominant young players, not to be throwing out crazy names or anything, but you know, LeBron, KD, whatever. Um, that's that was their calling card for sure, especially like LeBron because he's a monster truck, and Brandon Ingram is obviously not a monster truck, but he still finds a way mm-hmm. to get it done. So, um, you know, we talk about what's Lonzo's go-to move. Uh, he don't really have one. Well, with Brandon Ingram, it's pretty darn obvious what his go-to is, <laughs> and it's it's so effective. And just the fact that he's come so far just in one year, and he's a young second-year player. The guy just turned twenty. He's barely older than Lonzo, imagine when he's 22 years old, which is still extremely young, um, is going to be this every single night, even more effectively, and he will have other parts to his game. So, um, man, it's super exciting. And, you know, he's going to have off nights, and he has over the last week and a half or so. It's like, oh, no, like, what's going on with him? He's not shooting well. Again, let's cut the guy some slack. He's super freaking young, and even though he got bigger, he's still tiny, you know? Um yeah, so in terms of like the uh the long play here, it's it's super exciting, man. Love it. Exactly. The the long strides, the the gathers that he takes into those long strides, knowing how to hop into the lane, and then on top of it, he uses like a number of different hesitation moves to really get his defender off guard. And then from there, if you're just an inch or two late on Brandon Ingram, then it's over because his yeah. long arms will take it all the way to the rim. And it's, that's it's like it. he's, he's like swimming through the air. He, it's like his arms are like uh, an oar or something in a canoe. You know what I mean? 
And the fact that he's finding new angles to get the ball up that look like he actually meant to do that as opposed to like, ooh, I got lucky and flipped it up is very encouraging to see. He, he's starting to learn how to be actually skillful and get these up and under layups. And the fact that he's getting more and more comfortable being able to shoot through traffic in contact is is crazy. And this is with him still developing into his body and I think it's going to be over if this guy ever gets any more explosive or quick, right? Because right now he's not that athletic. He's using hesitation moves to get any sort of separation. And any separation he can get, he takes it the length of the way because his limbs and arms are so long. But if you add any amount of burst to that, and I think it can be done, as we've seen from Giannis Antetokounmpo, you work on your leg strength or whatever, you get some more push-off out of that. Who knows what could happen, right? So. Very impressed with Brandon Ingram. And let's talk about his wingmate, Kyle Kuzma. Who, oh my gosh, King Kyle Kuzma. This guy (laughs) is... He had a rocky road as well, a little bit. We saw some chinks in the armor for the first time where we're like, ooh, he's kind of forcing shots. He's kind of OC. And then he came back home against Philadelphia. 24 points, 7 rebounds, 9 for 18 from the field. And then that was a career high. And then the next night against Phoenix, he surpassed that career high pretty much in one half, right? Yep. I remember that game in Phoenix, the first half, he only had two points. He was like 0 for 6 or something. His only two points were from the free throw line. And I was like, oops, I think we're going to get a first Kyle Kuzma bomb. Uh, and then the second half happened. And wow, instead we got the exact opposite. Yeah. He scored 28 points in the second half, 30 points, 10 rebounds, 1 assist, 11-23 from the field, hit two threes. I mean... Right now, he's kind of taking, even though the the limelight's on Lonzo, he's definitely helping take some of the pressure off of him. Hell yeah. Because Kyle Kuzma's so good. And the fact that it was good against the Sixers to, with as much as Lonzo was out of the game, admittedly so, by Luke Walton and probably even himself, when you have two guys like Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons balling out on one end, man, I was so relieved to have Kyle Kuzma on the other end and Brandon Ingram at least showing out. Because that yeah. was, I think that was on ESPN, right? I it mean, was, people yeah. saw this game and it was, wouldn't have been a good look. Cause we've been tanking the same amount of years as, as the Sixers have, right? So it would have been a bad look to see such dominance from these two guys and they don't even have Markel Fultz playing and then the Lakers to come up with donuts, you know? But instead, Brandon Ingram showed out and then Kyle Kuzma, who no one Jordan expected. Jordan Clarkson had a hell of a game that night too. He did. But I mean, just from like a trust the process yeah, young core yeah. standpoint, it's good that even Sixers fans who may have been laughing at us, they, they were probably telling themselves, who the hell is this Kyle Kuzma kid? Yeah, yeah. A lot of people are saying that this year. Product of our freaking genius front office, man. Yeah, totally. Our scouting department. And this is with Kyle Kuzma not shooting that well from three yet. I know on paper and even from the eye test, you're like, man, this guy's might be, must be hitting a bunch of threes, but he actually hasn't been. He's only shooting, actually for a rookie, 34% is a good percentage, right? Yeah. But you would have thought that with his shot stroke, his fluidity, that this guy's probably shooting 38%. Mm-hmm. And you would have thought that he would have had multiple... It's like, this guy's Clay Thompson. <laughs> yeah, you. I mean, judging by how much he's scored, I mean, he's averaging 17, 16.5 points and 7 rebounds, which is stupid. Man. <laughs> but with as much as he's been scoring, you would have thought, oh, this guy probably had multiple 
four for five threes games, right? But actually, no, that hasn't been the case at all. So can you imagine what would happen if he gets consistently hot from three or even just has a little bit more of those types of games? The sky's the limit for Kyle Kuzma. So yeah, what have you thought about his recent stretch here? Yeah, I mean, pretty much all the same stuff. And, you know, we talk so much about we want Brandon to do all these different things offensively. Well, you look at Kuzma, he's kind of that guy who can do it from so many different ways, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, obviously, he does have um, a pretty good three-point shot. He's got his left and right-hand sweeping hook shots from about eight feet out that he does pretty much every single night. He's got his like right hand floater drifting out of bounds toward the baseline bank shot that he throws in there every single night. He's got a drop step. He can play with his back to the basket. Uh, he could run the floor. He's, he's very athletic. He's trying to dunk over Joel Embiid and practically be number one on sports <laughs> center. That dude, like, oh my goodness. how many things did I just list off right now? You know, and he's got a, a pull up jumper. He can take one dribble, jump stop and just pop real quick. So. Man, the guy's got it all in terms of a toolbox. It's fully stocked. and um, I've never seen a rookie this skilled. This crazy, this dude. Skilled. Like, he is so freaking... I would love to see... Like, Remember how Spike Lee did Kobe doing work? Mm-hmm. Like, what the heck is Kyle Kuzma doing work when he was in high school and at Utah? Yeah. Because this stuff doesn't just come out of freaking nowhere. No. You know what I mean? He's probably had it all along, and... I mean, I I watch a decent amount of Pac-12 basketball just because of UCLA, and I saw Utah play, you know, like once or twice a year or whatever. I wasn't taking note of him whatsoever. So it would be really interesting to just see, like, okay, he produced in games pretty well, but he flew everyone ev- under everyone's radar. It's like, what the heck did he look like just in the gym by himself for those three years in college? Because clearly nobody saw it coming, thankfully for us. Except for Clint Parks, his uh, off-season trainer. <laughs> but the Kuzmamba, right, who he's talked to Kobe Bryant, nice. he's done the... That's right, that's I right. I mean, he's so smart about everything he's doing on and off the And then court. he gets his career high, like, you know what I mean, right after he gets dinner with Kobe. <laughs> so Kuzmamba is showing it all. The fact that you can have such adept footwork at this age is amazing. Like you said, his dribble spin moves are so lethal. And then... His ability to be fearless, take contact, contort his body, and still manage to get up a very good shot is something that veterans, that some veterans in the NBA still can't do, you know? And he's doing it at such a young age with a body that he has a pretty good body right now, especially if you compare it to Brandon Ingram. But that body of his is definitely going to fill out even more, get stronger, get more cut. And I think he's going to get more explosive, you know, like he's had several almost posterized dunks and I for sure think he's going to get one pretty soon. Oh yeah. It's just bubbling at the top there. It's going to happen. Yep. Yep. I can't say enough about Kyle Kuzma. He is so impressive. And I know the analytics, the deeper analytics will say he's not that great defensively, especially if you're looking plus minus. But I think that really doesn't take into account the eye test and how good he looks laterally and how sound he is, you know, doing the verticality thing, keeping his hands up, staying in front of his man. I mean, it's a matter of time before at least the defensive analytics, I think, catch up to what we're seeing, at least, where he's a very underrated defender, and he's just naturally going to get better at being smarter as well. Right, right. Yeah, I was just going to say, every now and then he makes mistakes, but it's not because physically he's incapable. It's because he doesn't 
you know, quite know what to do yet every now and then. And that's going to come with time. Yeah, it's typical rookie mistakes of falling asleep on cuts, backdoor cuts and whatnot. So <laughs> not boxing out. There is a moment sure. last night where Luke really barked at him for missing an offensive rebound down the stretch. So exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, Kyle Kuzma somehow is going to get better, <laughs> only going to get better, yeah. which is great. So, yeah, with that said, we're going to leave it on that high lit note. Kuzmamba, Brandon Blech. Ingram, Lonzo Ball. Triple double. Hopefully, we'll see more. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> y'all gonna on, learn today? <laughs> not today, y'all. Not today. Actually, that's not even Kevin Hart. Like Kevin Hart has a very high voice. Y'all gonna learn today? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Actually, that's really good. <laughs> um, whenever his Netflix special comes out, it's the thing. It's called Irresponsible Tour. Definitely check it out so that I can finally reveal my favorite bit. It was hilarious. <laughs> Kevin Hart is awesome, man. He is funny. And uh, yeah, everybody, happy Thanksgiving. This is going to be our last episode till Thanksgiving, pretty much. Hope you guys eat a bunch of turkey. Hopefully no chicken McNuggets with gravy and grits or whatever the heck I said at the start. Uh, Let's be glad that the Lakers devoured the actual nuggets, though. And they have two more games before Thanksgiving against the the Bulls and then the Kings, I believe. So those are two very winnable games. It's it's the Kings, right? The last game? Yeah, yeah, second I have a back-to-back on the road, but all good. Finally get to see Lonzo versus Fox. Woo-woo. Hopefully. Let's keep our fingers crossed that nobody ducks yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, hopefully they win both of those because their s- schedule gets imme- immeasurably more tough after that. They got the clips right after. We're going to go 10 and 10. We got this. The Clippers are so bad right now. Yep, for sure. <laughs> the Lakers are 7 and 10. They're only one game behind of the eighth spot. I believe the Oklahoma City Thunders sit there right now at 7 and 8. So if they can just be on the cusp of the playoffs, like Palenka said, we are doing a good thing this season and we're making progress so with that said please follow us on twitter at lakers legacy pod please also rate interview us on itunes because the more you rate interview us that's how many more mamba dinners each of our guys is going to get this season because ooh, i like that if what happens immediately after that is a kyle kuzma 30 point career high bomb then we are in for quite a treat with all of our guys moving forward so Let's get some 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 Kobe, some Mamba breakfast, some Mamba lunch, brunch, Ma- Mamba, Mamba brunch, dinner, dude. Mamba dessert, Mamba brunch, exactly. <laughs> Mamba liner. I mean, let's do it all. Let's do it all. Mamba late night, Mamba midnight snack. snack, Mamba taco Tuesday. Let's do it all, Kobe Bryant, everybody. Mamba margarita Monday. <laughs> Speaking of which, he was at DreamWorks for a seminar, and I wasn't there. I was very sad, and I was very pissed at my. My so-called friends who were there that did not alert me to this. So, yeah. Anyways. <laughs> Shout out to Jonathan's so-called friends. All my friends are dead. Push me to the edge. <laughs> All right. We'll leave it there, everybody. <laughs> no, we're not going to leave it there. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving, Alan. I'll catch you later. You too, man. Lates. Peace. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents, which means you're going to start telling your kids to clean up before the cleaning lady comes. Doesn't make sense, but you're the parent and they're the kids. You're going to start telling them that now, too. 
Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. And there's your opening to remind them who pays the bills around here. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. This is what flow from Progressive sounds like in one of our many hilarious commercials. Hi! Did you know that you can get a quote on your motorcycle insurance in under three minutes at Progressive.com? And did you know that saying hi makes even bad news sound good? Hi! You have high cholesterol! Hi! You're fine. And this is what that same commercial sounds like on your motorcycle. Hi! There's no more cake! Even our commercials sound better on a bike. And with basic policy starting at $75 a year, Progressive helps keep you on yours. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.